Hello and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, I was recently having a conversation with a friend who was sharing with me that she has a very good friend who's just gone through a lot of challenges, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle in life. And unfortunately, in her journey through her pain and struggles, she just finds that it's very hard for her to believe in God. And the question when they've discussed the matter comes up, this was a person who's brought up with God in her life, but why would God do all these terrible things to me? And how could I believe in a God when I'm going through so much pain, if this is what God's bringing me and all sorts of questions like that. And it really brought to mind that many of us, whether it be ourselves, uh, people we're close to, we're carrying what I would, I guess, refer to as God baggage. That on the one hand, God and believing in God to, to many of us seems so essential for going through times of challenge and pain. On the other hand, for so many of us, I think it's our conception of God, especially uh, for this, my friend, her friend, senses God is bringing all this pain to me. How could I bring uh, believe in a God that's brought so much pain into my life? And that's the kind of bad God baggage that I think I'm referring to where our sense of God is so painful that it just feels like it's like a, this heavy burden we're carrying if we would believe in God. So what can we do when we're carrying God baggage with us to help ourselves work through it or help someone in our life work through it? Uh, excellent question as usual. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, <clears throat> I think it's important to validate how she feels. Uh, I don't think a person should feel guilty that they're having uh, a major breakdown or a significant challenge to their faith. Uh, I, I think the first thing is to appreciate that that's, uh, that that's totally normal and understandable and legitimate. Someone's going through pain. They've been taught God loves them <clears throat> and they feel they're being tortured. How, how do you how do you put those two together? You know, I remember <clears throat> I bought a pair of shoes and they felt a little bit tight. And uh, the saleswoman said to me, no, 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 they're they're going to they're going to be fine. They're, they're like all other shoes. And, uh, you know, in a week from now, they'll be better. And but I, I but they but they didn't feel they didn't feel good. And she convinced me now they will feel good. And it was like what I'm feeling and what she's saying had nothing to do with each other. And I, 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 I use this as a metaphor for or an analogy for for this. It's like mm -hmm. someone's telling you God loves you, but you're being you feel you're being tortured. And how can someone who loves you torture you? And so I, I think it's a it's a it's a huge question. It's really valid. And um, <clears throat> Rabbi Tversky, uh, says over a story that uh, I think it was in his shul, but maybe it was in another shul. It was an old woman that would come every every single Shabbat, and she would not pray. And uh, and he asked her like, "Why do you come to shul every Shabbat and not pray?" And she said, <clears throat> "I'm angry at God because of the Holocaust and what happened to me." And I, I come here and I intentionally don't pray to him. And he said, well, we should all have that faith to be angry at God enough that we come to shul, but don't pray. Mm. <laughs> you know, so that's a tremendous amount of faith in God to be angry at God. And I think uh, 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 when a person is going through so much pain and they're, they're, they're losing their faith, it's because they so much believe that God is good and this is so not good. They just can't believe this is God doing this to them. Hmm. And, and, you know, and sometimes I think 
maybe at these times the Rambam's position on on uh, individual providence comes uh, is handy because the Rambam, unlike the Balshemtov, said that not everybody has merits earns uh, individual providence. In other words, uh, the Balshemtov. His position was, and Belshemtev was the leader and the founder of the Hasidic movement. His position was that uh, even a leaf that falls from the tree, the moment it leaves the tree, the path it takes to get to the ground, where it lands, and how long it takes to get to where it lands, all that is perfect divine design, um, and uh, and that everything that happens in our lives is a perfect divine design. The Rambam. His position is to merit individual providence is something that you need to merit and that not everybody merits individual providence. It's not yes or no. It's not 100% or zero, but it could be 50% mixed in with a lot of chaos that is not the providence of God. Now, I heard a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Aviner, explain that the Rambam and the Baal Shem Tov are not arguing. The Baal Shem Tov is talking from God's perspective. From God's perspective, of course, every single detail is divine design. Uh, but from our perspective, we don't always merit to see that in a clear way, even though that's what's objectively happening. Subjectively, we don't see it. So that's very nice uh, philosophy. But when a person's in pain, uh, you know, I, I think no answer helps a person in pain. I think when people are in pain, it's not a time for philosophy. You know, we, we can offer all kinds of understandings, which I offer, which is, you know, you imagine you uh, a, a, a primitive in the deep, dark jungle of Africa, and he doesn't know anything about modern medicine, and he falls and he breaks his head open on a, on a rock and then he wakes up and he's on a table and there's these people around him with sharp in, you know, utensils. From his point of view, he's been captured by a tribe of cannibals. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's dinner and they're torturing him from his perspective. From their perspective, they're saving his life. They've been by his side for hours and hours uh, uh, to, by the side of a stranger. Uh, and that's that's really, you know a beautiful metaphor for like how things could be in reality uh, coming from a place of love and from your subjective perception, you're being tortured. Mm. Uh, but bottom line, you're, you feel you're being tortured and emotionally, you don't know what to do with it. And so I say the first thing to do with it is to accept that what you're feeling is completely valid. It's, it, it is, you know, like we're not God and we don't have God's perspective and this hurts and this really really, really hurts. Uh, but the question is, you know, what do I gain by losing my faith? Hmm. I gain nothing. I, in fact, it makes it even more painful. I, I met a woman many years ago. She said something and she said something that I met her when I was in my early 20s, the very beginning of my career as a, as a rabbi. She said something that has stuck with me <clears throat> and I've struggled with. She, her son <clears throat> was... Um, her son was um, diagnosed with a disease that would, would take his life early, pretty soon. And she was really very angry. And she said, I don't, I don't believe in God. And I tried to talk to her about that. And she said something that 
I really was very strong. She said, I'd rather believe that this is just bad luck than, than God's providence. I'd rather believe that nobody's doing this to me. It's just bad, bad luck rather than somebody up there is doing this to me. And I, you know, I, I've thought about that for years and I can understand how she feels, you know, but on the other hand, and I said this to her at the time, I said, but then what you're going through, what he's going through has no meaning. You believe there's no benefit in this whatsoever. Mm. You know, when a person goes through an operation and they believe that they that there's some purpose to this, that they can that helps them get through the pain. You know, if they don't believe that, you know, everything the doctor did, you know, they wake up from an operation and they're in incredible pain and 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 they believe there's no no there's no purpose to this pain whatsoever. I think that's a lot harder to to deal with, even though I respect what that woman said. She'd prefer to feel it's just bad luck rather than apparently a good God. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. And um and and I and I think we need to be selfish. I don't think that's a bad thing to believe what's going to help you get through what you're going through. And um and anyways, we've talked about this before. Let's just say, let's just say that there's a 50% chance that there is a God, and there's a 50% chance that there isn't a God. I don't believe that, but let's just say. You know, nobody can prove there's a God 100% and nobody can prove there isn't. So I'm just going to have to make a choice. And I think we have to make a choice that we can live with, that we can get through pain with. And uh, and that's the bottom line. Hmm. You know, that point you made earlier is very poignant that a person wouldn't be angry at God if they didn't actually have a belief in God's love because it's a thinking about that. It's a very good point. It's like you can't be disappointed if you didn't have an expectation. So if there's some sense of anger towards God, or how could God do this to me? If there's that kind of feeling, then it's because there was an earlier assumption of well, God is full of love and God loves me and God is good. Um, and if there wasn't that assumption, there wouldn't be the so to speak disappointment that how can then if God is good, can I be going through all this pain? So then really the challenge to work through is, is how to understand. And this is, I think like a lot of things, it's theoretical until a person's in a situation that's painful for me personally. We're not the first people in the world to suffer unsurmountable pain and challenge. You just read history, you read people's memoirs, you just live in the world and you recognize people unfortunately go through very challenging circumstances. But the reality is that sometimes is that once it hits me, then it's not just a theoretical concept of, this, how do good things happen or bad things happen to good people? How, if God is so loving, do bad things happen to the world? Then it becomes a real, real pain. But if I am feeling that anger or questioning, then it really is coming from a place that I did have this belief to begin with. Absolutely. I heard a story of Rabbi Shmuel Levitz, one of the great, great sages of Jerusalem. And he gave a talk on, you know, God's goodness in, during times of pain. And he, he uh, learned to source with his students about that issue. And at the end, he said, and if you think I understand anything I just taught you, you're wrong. And he broke down and started to cry. Mm. And so there's it, you know, there's, there's the philosophy. And then there's when you're in the pain, what do you do? And, uh, and, and, and they're, and they're both, they're both true. It's it, the story of Job is he's going through hell and his friends are trying to address uh what he's going through uh 
And, um, and the truth is, some of them actually say something that is actually true according to our beliefs. But it's not accepted because it's the wrong thing to say to somebody in pain. You know, if somebody was in pain and came to me and I said, listen, this is like a primitive who uh, doesn't know anything about medicine. This is not a time for philosophy. This is a time for empathy. And this is a person doesn't want an answer. They need a hug. Hmm. And, uh, and, and, and that's what gets us through. And when a person's grieving, they should be grieving and not explain to them why they should be not grieving or why they should be grieving less. They have good reasons to grieve and they should grieve. Uh, it's a good grief. Um, and, and, and they're angry at God. But I, I'm not sure they don't believe in God. I think they're angry at God. They're disappointed. They're, they're disillusioned. But it comes from a very deep place that you so believe that God is so good and so loving, you just can't believe he'd be doing this to you. And, uh, and, and you know, and okay, again, philosophically, we could say the same thing about those doctors performing surgery on. But uh, these are the mysteries. These mm. are the mysteries. And uh, I don't know. I just think we have to realize that the most important choice in our life is our beliefs. And even when I don't feel it, I should talk the belief, you know, uh, you know, um, the ultimate choice. We, we, we don't have much choice. Well, I don't know how much choice we have in what we think. Thoughts drop into our heads. And it's kind of hard to stop thinking a thought. The only thing you can do is try to start thinking another thought to, to, to displace the negative thought. But talk is something that is a lot more within our control than thoughts. And, our, and, and that's what we have to choose to do. We have to choose to talk a talk of faith because our subconscious is listening and the people around us are listening. And so even if we're, we, you know, even if we're, in pain and we can talk out our pain but we have to be very careful what we say because in the deepest depth our subconscious is listening and we want to talk a talk of faith and i think in many ways that is one of our greatest choices in life is what we choose to say and what narrative we choose to give what we're going through Mm. Yeah, it does make all the difference. And, you know, there's the two tiers here we're talking about because in certain ways they're two different topics within the same topic of helping myself through the pain I'm going through and the, the anger I might have towards God or helping someone else. So when it comes to helping myself, I have to really it's true, be mindful of how I'm speaking to myself. When I'm there for someone else, I also have to be mindful of how I'm speaking to someone else. But going back to the woman who said that, um, it's hard for her to believe in the God. She'd rather just think this was chance. Cause how could God, if he's supposed to be loving, how could he bring this to her? It's easier for her emotionally, mentally, uh, philosophically, however you want to put it to just imagine this is just bad luck chance. And there isn't this God running the world. On the one hand, I, I totally hear your point of, I understand how she feels, but it would be probably easier for her to go through her pain. If she felt there was some purpose to it. If I'm a support person to someone in this situation, is there any kind of talk I could with that? You know, I don't want to delegitimize the anger, the pain, but is there a way I can speak to try to help the person come to the realization that they would actually be, I understand how you feel, but you'd actually be better off if you felt there was some purpose to the suffering. Well, you know what? I wouldn't say you're actually better off because uh, I think that that terminology is a Mm. little bit of a rebuke and a criticism. Okay. I would say 
maybe consider uh, trying to see this through the eyes of faith and see if that could mm. help you. And, you know, uh, I, I think the best thing you can do for a person is not tell them what to do, but present as a question and as a choice of what perhaps they could consider. Maybe consider, you know, speaking a language that would be more encouraging to yourself, you know, and uh. see, maybe that'll help you. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, 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 I don't know what works for other people. And, um, but, um, I, you know, I, I, I would first, first, first listen and, and, and feel this person's pain and share their pain with them. I think that itself is a, is a moment of God for people. Mm. Uh, they're feel they're feeling loved and that love is real because if this is an accident love is not real where did love come from it's just this there's no love if a person knows that love is real and they can't prove it and they can't see it in the microscope and they'll never see it in a telescope and there's no mathematical equation for it but if you know love is real then you give them that love because because love is one of the faces of god and uh, even if they don't know that's a face of God, I think that will help them face their their pain better. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's up and down. Um, Moses challenges God when the Jewish people are going through pain. Moses challenges God. And um, so, you know, but, but it, it's the narrative, you know, Passover. <clears throat> we could look at the story of Passover <clears throat> and say, Whoopee, thank you for taking us out of Egypt, but God, you put us in there and I will never, I will never forgive you for that. You, you, could, you could take that narrative or you could say, I don't know why you put me in there and I don't know why we had to spend so much time in there with so much pain, but you know what you're doing and, and I'm grateful. Uh, you know, who, who, who's still Jewish today? The one who said, Whoopee, thank you for taking us out, but I'm angry at you forever that you put us in. Or the one that said, I don't know why you put us in there and I'm challenged. But then again, I have to be humble, really, really humble that I'm not God. And just as much as I don't understand how you created the world, I don't understand how you run it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and I choose to believe that you know what you're doing and it's in my best interest. And some, someday, whether in this life or in the afterlife, I'll understand. Uh, this is the ultimate choice. It's the narrative. It's the story you tell yourself and others. Hmm. And that really important point about sharing love with somebody who's going through a hard time. But I'd say it also applies to myself. If I'm going through pain and anger and questions, I need to show myself love too, because I, I really think that's a powerful point that love is one of the expressions of God. It's a perfect example, something that exists is real. You can't put it under a microscope and see it yet. It's there. And sometimes I think when we're going through a lot of pain, we can feel isolated, alone, unloved. And the more we can love ourselves, put ourselves in the company of people who are loving and be that loving person for someone else, it can actually then create the environment within which a person could, even within the pain, be more receptive to understanding or perceiving that there is love from God within this pain, even though it's not something that maybe I can fully comprehend. But the perspective, again, as you're pointing out, the language that I use for myself and for others in talking about the story of what it is that's going on, on the one hand, I need to validate someone's pain. On the other hand, helping uh, create a narrative 
that can give a new perspective, can lighten up some of that pain that we're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Rabbi Aaron, I really want to thank you. I know this is helpful for me. I'm sure helpful for my friend and helpful for so many of us, those listening to really learn how to take this pain and create a lighter load on ourselves that instead of it being God baggage, that maybe we can start realizing that God can help us carry us through the pain and the challenges that we're going through. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.